Good morning, Sean. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing great. You know, I've been thinking, I listen to so many different magic podcasts, and I swear every single one has a standard introduction. Yeah. Not just the song. I'm not talking about the song. Yeah. Because we got our song. Yeah. But I mean, like, everybody's like, hi, welcome to Bibi Dibi. Today we're going to Bibi Dibi, and then we're going to Bibi Dibi, and then at the Bibi Dibi, and then we're on this, and we're on that, and we're on this, right? Agenda. Agenda. Yeah, and they always they always up front tell you where to follow them and all that stuff, and we've never done that, right? The whole layout like that? Yeah, yeah, it'd kind of be difficult because most of the time you just call me and say, set up your microphone, and then we, we haven't really talked yet. So, Right, so let's flush it out, right? So uh, all right. welcome to Magic Arena Drafting Club. Yeah, welcome. Welcome to MADC. Good afternoon. Welcome on your commute or while you're jogging on your... Workout. Doing dishes. That's, a, that's something I do a lot when I podcast or working, you know, a lot of times I work and listen to podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my name is Jeffrey Allen Cleave. His name is Sean. Uh, what's your middle name? David. Really? Yep. I was about to say Sean Scott Matus. No, no, David. So, Scan, Sean, Scan, Shot, Matus. There you go. Um, we have been friends for 30 years. We've also played Magic that long, but not that entire time. Yeah. We're currently uh, obsessed with the arena ladder, specifically drafting. Well, I think you We're need to speak to for your, to a, You should probably speak for yourself on Maybe speak for yourself on that. On what? Oh, the addicted part about it? Oh. Or the obsessed <laughs> part? I thought you meant on the taking a break for 30 years. I thought you were no. secretly like playing Innistrad on me or something. When well, it's true, but no, you're right. I, we didn't play for a while. Sorry. I do remember a time that I visited you. Yep. Let's see. It's got to be, let's say, six years ago. Yeah. And while I was there, we busted out your old decks. Um, yeah. We even had the one with like uh, two mox diamonds that were not sleeved, and you had the rubber band holding them all together. Because six years ago, we didn't even know how much those were worth. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember while I was there, I made a joke. I'm like, Sean, let's go buy some magic cards because we hadn't bought magic cards for 20 years. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's go. You were up for it. Of and I was like, no, dude, I'm just kidding. In retrospect, yeah. I wonder what would happen if we would have gone out that night. We would have gotten back into Magic possibly four years sooner than we did. What if it would have been a Friday night and we didn't even realize it and it would have been like a draft night and we would have been like, oh, that could have changed our lives. Changed our lives, my man. That could have been a whole different path that we took. A whole different universe. Universe 562. There would be no LSV. There would only be SDM. And then, I mean, <laughs> what would people be doing right now? <laughs> all right moving on let's get to it you know I, I know last week um by the way we picked up some new listeners last week we also also got some more reviews and i just want to thank everybody out there i'm sure that has a lot to do with uh arjuna so graciously calling us out on um uh magic arena craft uh we will be collaborating on an episode hopefully next week hopefully the next one you hear from us will be a collab that would be really cool yeah obviously really cool guy we're looking forward to making that happen if we can um yeah did you check out his latest work yeah i always listen to his i um i listen to pretty much every 
magic podcast that's out there and I've, or the ones that I don't I've at least tried them once and his is one of my favorites so yeah, that is yeah. his immediately every time he's really good really really good and you know, the other two we always talk about too they're, they're the one that's just a obvious one right yeah I mean he let, may be the most quote unquote professional podcaster in the magic space right now in my opinion which is saying a lot because there's a lot of big podcasts out there that have been around for a long time like MTG Goldfish and limited resources and all that stuff, but just the way he approaches it is, um, I don't know. I feel like I'm in uh, uh, good care. Like he has done research and he is um, taking everything pretty seriously and he's taking what he does seriously. I consider him very professional. Totally agree. All right, so let's move on. Um, let's talk about some limited on the ladder because last week we just touched on it. So. I believe we had a bot update, right? Yeah, for sure. We talked a little bit about that the other day. Yeah, I think basically me and you should take the conversation we had last night about what we think happened in the bot update and just try to flush it out even more. Okay. So I'll start off by saying that um, after we recorded last week, uh, Lords Limited came out with a podcast that was all about this uh, four-color good stuff, Omen Deck. Great, great, great podcast. Yeah, and they talked about uh, how it doesn't really work on Arena. And so I'm like, oh, well, you know, as I'm sure many Magic players feel my whole life, if somebody tells me I can't do something and I feel like maybe I can do it, that's the first thing I'm going to try to do, right? <laughs> so that's what I, I immediately got on Arena, and I'm like, this deck sounds amazing, and I'm going to make it work. And so here's what I've found out, is that it all depends on how many rares you get. And they mentioned that in their podcast quite a bit. So I've had versions of this deck on Arena that are seven win decks and some of the most fun decks I've ever played in this format where it all comes together and those are usually the ones where you get like three good rares and then I've had versions of this deck that uh, have gotten like zero or one win while I was experimenting with it and those are the versions where you don't get the rares and you try to make it work in other ways so I'm not going to break down in, in, in its entirety how to put together this deck because you can just listen to their episode uh but i will say that the bots undervalue thrill of possibility they undervalue the amulet they undervalue the uh shaman minotaur dude omen of um, the they undervalue omen of the forge so the whole red side of this and the amulets are completely undervalued so you can just scoop them all up um but the trick is you really need to start with a good rare in order to try to go for this deck yep they undervalue omen of the dead as well um, yes big time um, yeah, you can't really find Omen of the uh, Sea anymore nope. on Arena, but Omen of the Deads and uh, Omen of the Forge are all over the place. So, yeah, it's a fun deck, and uh, I encourage you try it on Arena if you start with a great rare, but then quickly notice that that color is cut off. Um, <clears throat> have some fun. Yeah. How about you, Sean? Didn't you try this deck one, once or twice? I did. I found the same thing to be true. Um you don't have to necessarily even force it. Uh, oftentimes you find yourself like <clears throat> fourth pick and you've had, you know, four bad picks in a row, but maybe your rare was decent and then you're going, well, I can just keep going down this path. And, and a lot of times the cards just keep coming to you. Um, yeah, go listen to their episode. They're going to be explaining it a lot better. Um, yeah, so then... That kind of leads into the fact that all these red cards are open in that archetype, and I think that's the big change that I saw in the bots. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly when it updated. I'm guessing when it came back to ranked uh, about a week ago. 
little over a week ago, ranked best of one. But ever since then, uh, I'm seeing a lot of red cards left in the pack. I'm seeing myself going into red-black a lot more. I'm seeing myself lose to red-black a lot more. A lot of um, important betrayal decks I'm seeing out there, uh, you know, with like lamp pads and final flares and things like that. Um, I do think black got cut out a little bit by the bots. You, you and I both are pretty sure that Myers grasps are tougher to get now. Yeah, I haven't seen one in a while. I mean, unless I'm getting it, uh, pick one or two. I would say same with like Timoret. I used to be able to get like two Timorets sometimes, you know, almost, you know, I would say 70% of the time I could get one Timoret in my black decks and maybe like 30% of the time I'd even get two. Now I would say I have a Timoret in my black deck 25% of the time. I just feel like black is being cut almost every draft I'm in, which is fine. That feels kind of like real life, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't think that's making black unplayable by any means. I think no. it's still a great color. Um, like I also don't see as many uh, uh, Garys. So I just think the whole idea of doing like these awesome mono black decks or mostly black decks are becoming a little less feasible and black's becoming a little more of a support color on Arena. Yeah, I, I've also found that going into uh, Gruel, uh, green-red can be really advantageous just because even if you're at your worst um only playing a curve of creatures your curve of creatures is generally going to be better than everybody else's and so um you can kind of just play that deck too and get three to four wins pretty easily and then if you get the cards that go in that deck um you know you can bust it to seven seven wins fairly regularly so i look for that deck quite a bit and the one of the enchantments in there you're trying to get is the three drop in red, which wheels. Rise, to, Furious Rise. Yeah, Furious Rise. Yeah, you want one to two of those in this deck, and it's really not hard to get that many. No. I'll, uh, I'll first, I first picked that card yesterday because it just was a weak pack, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to first pick this and go into Gruel. And would you say that's true, that you're finding that, that same? I think that's a really good deck right now. I don't know if it's the best one. Honestly, I think this uh, five-color good stuff might be the best one if you start with a great rare, but maybe that's just because I like those decks. Um, but no, this uh, Gruel deck is awesome right now. Uh, Furious Rise is a big reason for it. The bots are not super big on it. Um, you know, you can pick up like Glowism Chimeras, no big problem. You can pick up like Skofos War Leaders on the wheel. You can pick up those... Uh, those Skofos Maze guys, those uncommons that you can like uh, invert their power and toughness Yeah. for one mana. Those you can get even on the wheel right now. Like the bots don't like that thing at all. Yep. Um, you can get, you know, Typhons. You know, basically what this deck wants is anything with a uh, power of four. Usually as cheap as possible. Like I prefer the three, four, and five drops way over like the um, Colossus that's like a six drop, you know? with three green. Oh, my cat's trying to get in the room, so we hear a banging. I better let him in or else this banging's gonna continue. Get in here, kitty. What are you doing? I generally, oh, yeah, I, I generally don't play the um, next form Colossus in this deck. Uh, yeah, you just you just want a bunch of things with four and you want to get to them as quickly as possible, right? Yeah, I think the Voracious Typhoon is also something I'm seeing come around a lot later than it used to, so I, I, maybe that's where they made the exchange, but that makes that card, to me, go up in value. I'd kind of been down on it a little bit, thinking that uh, 
you don't play it as much, but in this deck, it's re that's really good. So you three drop the Loathsome Chimera and then four Say drop it again. that. Like you broke up on me when you said the actual card name. The t Typhoon, the Voracious Typhoon. Yes, I'm with you there. All right, and then the other yeah, one is... I the got beat the other day by just two of those, where somebody had two and just a, a bunch of other filler, and they kept bringing back these seven sevens on me. I was trying to play a control deck. It didn't work out. The other one that's really good in this deck is the Forerunner, the five drop, that gives everybody trample, because then it's just you're crashing on them hard. And I think... Agreed. I think that card is goes up a lot in value for this. I have two of them in a current deck, and if you get to it every, every turn on turn five or every game... You're pretty yeah. much winning. And I prefer the um, removal that's enchantment-based, like aura-based. Right. Because hopefully you have, like, 16 creatures. So having a body on the board is not going to be a problem. Yep. And so then you just play, like, you know, so you imagine 16 creatures, what, that leaves seven spots. Maybe, like, two War, War Briar's Blessings. Maybe two Furious Rises. You know, maybe even a couple of... Uh, of the uh, Iroas' Blessings, if you're lucky, you know? That sounds like a perfect deck to me, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm valuing creatures more and more. You, you and I had talked about this a little bit last week, too, and I, I really think that that is a key. If you, if you want to just make sure you're getting four wins, sometimes it's just about having 18 creatures and not because there's really good removal in this set, right? But right. if, if it doesn't matter if they're matching you turn for turn because you're just putting another creature out. And in green-red, it's think that, um, generally bigger. I, I agree, and I think that's the way you want to lean. I also don't want to make it sound like you can't play a control deck oh, that no. is a little lean around creatures and just plays super good blockers because I do think that's also a strategy. But I agree with you that when in doubt, put creatures in your deck you know, and maybe don't focus so much even on two drops because it's just a little bit of a slower format. If you put in two drops, they should be able to do something else for you other than just block on turn two. I guess they I just... Have some pretty, they should have some good late game upside. Yeah, I, I was meaning to, to speak more specifically about this deck. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk quickly about uh, is the white... Uh, you can get you can get too low on your mana curve if you play close to a mana white deck, and um, you have to watch out for that. You have to make sure you get some higher casting costs. Otherwise, you'll just burn your deck. Um, it's easy to easy to deal with. Yeah, in the white deck, I still like the hoplites quite a bit um, at the top end of the curve. You know, Chimera is still pretty good at the top end of the curve. Yeah, especially if you're guaranteed to be on the having two white pips. When, that, when the Chimera hits. Um, there's another deck uh, that was mentioned on another one of the podcasts that I got beat by that I wanted to call out because I really want to play this thing. It looks like a lot of fun, but I'm scared to get into it because I'm scared I'm going to have an 0-3 deck, you know? Uh, and it's this uh, black-blue aggro. Okay. Uh, yeah, so it's it, it leans on Sleep of the Dead, that picture of the Seberus dog sleeping, that blue card. Yep. Yeah, so this deck plays like the uh, black-blue hybrid Devourer, but then it just plays a bunch of one, two, and three, and four drops. It's you know it's really an aggro deck, and uh, like it plays the the guys who can't be blocked uh, by enchantment creatures, which is a stupid little card, right? It plays the uh, venomous hierophant because it mills itself. It gets sleep of the deads in the graveyard as well as makes Devourer unblockable. 
Um, you know, it plays Mogus's favor to get in for quick early damage. Um, yeah. And I was, uh, oh, and it plays uh, Freak's Libation because it's so fast mm-hmm. that if it just says sacrifice a creature, that's usually enough for it. Right. Because you don't have time to develop any kind of board against it. So Farika's Libation is good enough. Okay. And so when I mention these cards, you know, these are all cards that are pretty easy to get against the bots right now, which is why I want to try it. I've only played against it once in best of one and it beat me and uh, with a lot of commons. Um, so I want to try that. Yeah. Have you I, seen this thing? I've seen something similar. Um, the other part of that for me too is that when I do think what they've done a really good job recently on arena is when you do get into your color pair it does seem like you're supposed to be there <clears throat> like you're supposed to be in that color um what more to like a real draft have you noticed that have you no- so what I mean by that is before when I was saying well sometimes I'm forcing red green right now because it's I know I can get four wins with it just because right. I'm playing 18 right. creatures um but if, you know, if I start black because I start with a bomb or whatever, I get, you know, uh, Myers Grasp, right. then I'll sometimes I'll notice that those colors are actually open and I am getting these, being able to build these other decks. I just think that unlike before, they're more rare. Like they're the 30% where you're seeing that. Yes. Where you're seeing black as your color. Whereas before, maybe it was 50 or 60%. Another thing I'm finding myself doing is if I get a decent rare early on, but I'm not sure what colors are open yet, is I'm higher on picking up amulets right away. This is like my new favorite card in the format. Oh my God, this is all he talks about. <laughs> yeah, whenever we draft together, I'm always like, Sean, pick up that amulet, man. You're going to need at least two. So open. Oh, you're going to need at least two. I would get Fuels two. Your escape. I would definitely get two. You're going to need at least two. I played four last night. That was nice. Yeah. Um, the bots don't like them, and I love picking them up early when you don't know what color you want to be in yet. Um, I don't know, quite know how to describe why I love this card. You know, I'm a numbers guy. I got a degree in statistics, even though I'm not currently using it. But I love the <laughs> idea of slightly thinning out your deck, you know, taking one land out of it, right? Yeah. Plus, you're playing this thing on turn one. You have nothing else good to play on turn one. You slightly thin out your deck with the exact land you need. And then you're also putting that card in the graveyard to fuel your escape later on. It's just like this teeny little edge that you get almost for free. Hmm. It's like this perfect filler card. It's almost like putting an opt in your deck or like a preordain in your deck. It has like the same impact of like shrinking your whole deck and um, for very little cost. Right. I mean, if this were a fast format and I needed to get out a two drop to defend myself, I wouldn't be in love with this card. But the fact that this is a slow format and you're encouraged to splash for bomb rares, um, I'm just every time we talk, I like this card more and more, and I'll like third pick it. I'm so crazy. where do you where would you rank it in your list of commons? Is it better than Myers Grasp? No. Is it? It's very situational to me. Uh, yeah, but you'll take it high. I've seen you. I've I seen will, you. but not if there's another good card in the pack that's already in my colors. Is it better than Warbriar's Blessing? It's like, I would rather take that than explore a different color. Because that keeps me okay. open to exploring another different color later on. It, it all goes up in context if my first card was really good, or if I have first two cards are in different colors, but they're both pretty decent. 
But you know, if my first two cards are cheap and they're in the same color, like if I pick up two really good white cheap cards right away, then I'm not high on picking up this card, pick three. But if I pick up a Nadir Kraken and then I pick up a, oh God, I don't know, like an Elspeth, then this is a great, you wouldn't get that pick two, but you get the point. Then I would be happy to pick this up, pick three. Okay, well, let me ask you this then. Um, when you're deciding whether to take this or not, or when you're then deciding, I'm going to go to the third or fourth color, you know, how do you make that decision? Is it only a bomb that you'll do? And is that also why you're doing it? Because, hey, I'm, I'm leaving myself open for this. Yeah, I don't, I think I'm basically pushing that decision out. If I'm picking these up early, what it's allowing me to do is wait a little longer on that decision. I've gone as late sometimes as pack three, where I'll be like basically in four colors. Let's say I'm in two colors mainly, right? right? right. Let's say I'm black, green, or whatever. But then I also have a red splash and a white splash. But the reason I have those splashes is because I have some pretty powerful cards in those colors. Maybe I have some vanishing lights, and maybe I have a double color card that gets into red or something. Um, if I have several of these, I feel like what it does is it allows me to get... Because also I know I have playables. They're always a playable, so you're not worried about making playables when you have a bunch of these. This allows me to get into pack three before I'm really deciding what to do, like which of those four colors to maybe cut out. Or maybe okay. I can pick up more amulets and I play all four. Or maybe I get a bomb rare in one of my two primary colors and I completely ditch the whole idea and I just go two colors and then I can still use these amulets to thin out my deck. So th this is really kind of sharply in contrast with what we were thinking. And, and I, I agree with you. I think I'm more open to playing, uh, splashing and playing four colors or more now. But that's pretty contrasty to what we were saying two weeks ago or maybe even a week ago, right? Maybe we dipped right. our toe in a week ago. But like, so is that a natural uh, course that takes place, at, you know, during every set. So in the beginning, you're just trying to play the cards to see how they work out. And then as you get better and better, you right. realize, Hey, I can do this and I can do that. Or is it only this set? Well, here's that, here's that a great example, it. Sean, if I'm going to yeah. cut you off here for a sec. Plus no just way. so you know, I'm having worse audio problems than normal, but I, I think I'm getting exactly what you're throwing at me. Okay. Um, I, I think a great example is how when we did the set review, yeah, I thought that I made fun of you on several cards, yeah, uh, and one was like uh, the one four reach blocker that gains you life. Yes, I played a deck with four of those yesterday. Like I'm big on that card now. Uh huh. And I think early on in the set, I didn't like that card, right? Yes. And I don't even know if it was that good early on because people, everybody was playing black green escape with no flyers and that card wasn't very powerful in the first week right and i'm like you're crazy this card is dumb and now i love this card especially in slow grindy uh decks um even these uh three or four color decks uh that are like heavy omen based that just gain you a ton of life and keep you alive right um, and i think that alone is a testament to how the format shifts as i'm seeing several cards right now where i remember you loving it early on not only me thinking you were wrong, but then me feeling validated by listening to other podcasts who agreed with me who said they weren't big on them. And now all these podcasts are coming around and starting to think that some of the cards that you liked early on that I thought were silly are actually pretty good cards. And so, yeah, it, it completely changes. And um, 
it, the change does slow down though like we're coming back to Ravnica Allegiance here in a week and I don't know how much more evolution we're going to see on that I think everybody knows that you know Orzhov is great you know Gruel can be great uh, and obviously the Clear the Mind deck is the most uh, fun deck ever made and uh, I sure hope I get to pull it off again because I love that deck oh man <laughs> oh boy let's not go into that right now let's not go into that right now well, I'm glad that people are coming around to my way of thinking. I guess as an Aquarian, I'm completely I'm used to that. I'm only kidding. Totally kidding. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah, I still think those cards have great value. I've, I've always thought that card did. But that I think that's a card that didn't get mentioned that I think is very playable in that four-color good stuff because of all the enchantments you're putting down. And it's right. just a great blocker. Um, what yeah, else? I got up to like a 44 life yesterday with a couple of those in play. It was like, yeah, go ahead and hit me with your big dude. I just won't block it. I'm gaining like four life every time I cast one of my enchantments, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get multiples in play and it um, becomes ridiculous. So I'm going to wrap us up here because uh, me and the fam, are, uh, our son just hit his uh, spring break. I've never been to Chicago in my life which is crazy because I've lived in Michigan and Minnesota most of my life, and Chicago's right in the middle. Um, but, yeah, we're going to go visit some fam, play a bunch of Dungeons & Dragons the next couple days. Have a blast. That sounds great. Exciting. I played D&D &D last night. Yeah, you've been, you've been playing for a while now. I call you with all my questions. It's true. Over, over a decade, same group. Actually, over almost 20 years, same group. Damn. Yeah. All right, so here, here's a question for you. Right. Uh, yeah. This morning, Christy created a one-shot for us. That's uh, for everybody. So, you know, that's my wife, Christy. She created because we're all, the whole family's playing now, and the sisters are playing. That's that's our play group. It's like a family play group. Um, plus, uh, some of Eric's friends joined, too. Um, Christy created a one-shot that she sent us all through, but she wasn't happy with the power level of it and the pacing of it. So she edited it, and she wants to run us through it again. And I said, you don't do campaigns a second time. Me and my wife like to quibble with each other. We love, you know, like <laughs> negging each other. So uh, I'm like, you don't do that. You never play a campaign a second time. She's like, yeah, you do. And I'm like, I'm going to ask Sean. She's like, go ahead. So Sean, would you ever play a campaign twice? Well, do you think we've done that in 20 years? Sure, we've done it. Many we've probably played more than that. But um, with the same characters? Sure, why not? You, could, you can do whatever you want. That's the beauty of it. That is the beauty she's, of it. She's staring in this room with one eye poked through the crack of the door for for real right now because she can hear me, but she can't hear you, so she doesn't know you're... <laughs> <laughs> she's going to come over and get the finger in the screen in a second here. No, she yeah. knows. She knows I... I would be down with that. Um, I think the most important thing <clears throat> for any DM, young DM, is that... Why Are we going to talk about this right now? Quick. Okay, okay. This is it. The, this is the, it. the most important thing is that when you create scenarios, that you keep the scenario open to just about anything because you will never be able to anticipate what the group is going to do. It will always do something that you do not anticipate. And so leave it open. Do not constrict it. Leave it open. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which is a good way to go through life, too. Stay open. Because who open. knows, maybe a person named Arjuna will say, do you want to do a co-podcast? I mean, stay open. how does that kind of stuff happen, really? All right. Um, so we're on M Arena Draft Club on Twitter. 
Uh, we have a website, uh, Magic Arena Drafting Club. I created a new logo of a dragon. Pretty cool, um, by Which way. I hope everybody is seeing on their feed. How cool is that? Because Sean see it on our feed. But if you go to iTunes, or if I go to iTunes and look for our podcast, it's still the old logo. So, I don't know. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher. Leave us a review. We love you. Oh, and if you message me on Twitter, I'll send you a free sticker of our old logo. <laughs> a Thanks for listening too. I don't know if we've ever said that. Maybe we have, but I, we really appreciate it. If you're actually listening to this, man, thank you. Unbelievable. Can't believe it. And you know, was that it? We got. All right. Bye.